Welcome to a special Monday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. It's all presented by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. We are in isolated, undisclosed location in New Jersey, separated, following the social distancing policy everyone out there should be following too, by the way. John Schmelk and Paul Dettino with you on the Monday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Paul, it's good to talk to you. How are you, pal? Great to talk to you, John. I'm safe and sound. Hope the same for you. Yes, and the best part of this is that we don't have to look at each other now. So that makes this even more enjoyable, which is... Uh, uh, better that the fans don't have to look yes, at us. it is a bonus for them as well. I absolutely agree. So, folks, a lot has happened since we last talked. And as we do this show, and just to let everybody know, we know this isn't live. We can, Since we're not in the studio, we cannot do our show live. So we're recording this, folks. We cannot take your phone calls like we usually do. But we will talk about the news of the day. If you have any questions, make sure you send them in the hashtag GiantsChat. We're not going to do questions today because quite frankly I have literally a full page of news here that Paul and I need to talk about and can analyze and I'm sure news will be breaking as we do the show as well and just FYI we're starting the show recording at around 1.40 p.m. so if you're listening to this later you're like oh my goodness why didn't they talk about Tom Brady signing well it's because it happened after we recorded the show so just FYI that's where we are at so Paul I think the best place to start then at least right now is the Giants and the moves they've made before we talk about everything else because that's kind of um, what's important right now. And the Leonard Williams decision, which came down earlier this morning, they decided to put a non-exclusive franchise tag on Leonard Williams. Now, here's what that means for everybody out there. It means that Leonard Williams can still go out there and negotiate a contract with another team. The Giants have a right to match that contract. If the Giants choose not to match that contract, the other team must give draft compensation in the form of two first-round picks for Leonard Williams. So there would be a huge price if another team wants to sign him. The reason you put a tag on a player like that, Paul, is so that you can keep him. So the Giants certainly want him in the mix in 2020, and now they can use this window from now until the summer. Who knows if that tag deadline will get moved back with everything going on in the world? Who knows? But sometimes, you know... Um, in the summer months where they can try to negotiate a long-term deal with Williams. Yeah, that is right, John. Right now, that date is July 15th, but it certainly is apt to be fluid and be changed. There is no better way to discourage a team from raiding your roster and grabbing a player than to put a franchise tag on him. And that's what the Giants have done. And so, you know, the, the compensation of two first-round draft picks is extremely high, and it is hard to imagine that anybody would come after him given that penalty. Uh, I would say this. Clearly, the Giants want him very badly. He said himself, as you recall in the locker room, several times at the end of the year, he was happy being a Giant and wanted to stay. So to me, this is really nothing more than a mechanism to extend their conversations so that they get something done. I, I honestly don't believe he's going to wind up playing for the one-year franchise. Yeah, we'll find out. You know, a lot of times these contracts can be difficult to work out, but now they at least have a window where they can do that with the player and try to figure out exactly what's going to work best for both Leonard Williams and the New York Giants. There's a few things on Williams, Paul. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we've just talked about him a lot over the course of the last couple of months. Sure. Uh, he can play both defensive end and defensive tackle. He played 3-4 D-end. He played uh, three technique in the four-man front. He even played a little defensive end in the four-man front for the Giants. Half a sack last year, did have 12 quarterback 
dropbacks and 18 hurries according to Pro Football Focus. First Giants player to be franchised since 2015. That's Jason Pierre-Paul. And the rule for this is the salary, if it's on the one-year franchise tag, if it plays on the one-year deal, it's the average of the top five players at that position. So mm-hmm. that, anything on you want to add on Williams before we move on to the other stuff? No, I think the only thing that we have to make very clear to everybody is that uh, because the CBA had been agreed to, every team had one tag to give out. It was either going to be a franchise tag, one of the two franchise tags, uh, or a transition tag. The Giants elected to use one of the two transition uh, franchise versions on Williams, which does mean now a guy like Marcus Golden is an unrestricted free agent and is free to sign anywhere else. Paul, that's a perfect segue because we got really good news, and boy, it was by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin on late Saturday night. Actually, it was really they got announced early Sunday morning. Uh, The vote ended on midnight between Saturday and Sunday, and the new CBA was approved by the players only by about, uh, what was it, 100 votes or so, give or take? Less than that, yeah, 60, 60, I believe. 60 votes, correct. It was something like 41% or 41.5% to 38.5%. It was a very, very, very close vote, but it got passed, so this means a few different things. And to your, to your point, Paul, it impacts the tag situation because now prior, if the CBA had been rejected, a team could use both a franchise and a transition tag. Now they yeah. could just use one. So each team can use one or the other. And boy, teams were quite liberal in their uses of those tags. We'll get to that in a moment. But a few rules that fans should already know about. One, the salary cap was set to $198.2 million. So that is the salary cap for all NFL teams in the 2020 period. That's important. Teams know how much that they have to spend. Now, This year, the big change, 14-game playoff. You have one more team in each conference, one fewer bye. Just one team will have a bye in each conference, a team with the best record. You have one more game on Wild Card Weekend, uh, which will take place. So you have one extra playoff team, Paul, in each conference. And you know what, John? I think it's a pretty exciting thing. You know, uh, I, I saw a recent chart that said over the last decade or so, uh, just as many teams with 10 or more wins would have qualified under this new system had it been in place about 10 or 12 years ago as there would have been 500 teams qualifying and that no seven and nine teams would have gotten in under this new rule. So those people who are afraid that we will have another sub-500 team make the playoffs as we had a couple of times in recent years, uh, that apparently uh, would not be uh, in line with recent NFL history. So I think it, it's a it's a good it's a good thing and more playoff games for everybody to watch and enjoy. And after all, you know, everybody always says you got to get to the playoffs and that's where it all the fun begins. So why not? Okay, a couple other notes too. These are, you know, not quite as impactful, but they're important. The league will have the option to expand the regular season to 17 games. The preseason gets reduced to three games. Uh, that's as early as 2021. There is now a 48-man game day roster, but eight of those must be offensive linemen. Um, there must be a heavy, there must be a big-time offensive lineman contingent in that player union <laughs> to get that rule put in. Uh, increases in the minimum player salaries, increased benefits for active and former players. There's better pension benefits for former play for active players former players um, get more benefits as well practice squads are bigger the eligibility on that practice squad they move up and down without being um, exposed to waivers that gets there as well so a, a lot of things here Paul that will change 
Yeah, and, and one of the things I also remember them talking about, and I don't know if it's in the very fine print at the very bottom of this whole thing, is that you will be able to use veterans. Uh, I believe two veterans at some point are going to be allowed on the practice squad, regardless of their experience. And to me, that that's a very, very intriguing rule if that, in fact, is in the permanent fine print, John, because think about this. Every team that thinks about, oh, we've got young quarterback as number one or uh, a, a, a journeyman as number two, who's the third quarterback? Do we have to carry him on the roster? Well, now, if you're entitled to carry a veteran experienced quarterback as number three on your practice squad, that really opens up a a a uh, a better situation in terms of keeping two on your active roster. It, it really it solves a real problem that some teams would have, especially those who have young quarterbacks in the starting lineup. Now, as folks have noticed, uh, the league year is as of right now going on as scheduled. The negotiation window began at twelve noon earlier today. That was also the franchise tag deadline. I'm just going to rattle it off, guys. Here are the guys that got tagged. Leonard Williams, Matthew Judon, A.J. Green, Dak Prescott. These are all franchise tags. Prescott was the exclusive. Everyone else is non-exclusive. Safety, Justin Simmons from the Broncos. Yannick Ngakwe, Chris Jones, Hunter Henry, Joe Thune, offensive guard. Bud Dupree, edge player. Shaq Barrett, edge player. Derrick Henry, running back. And Brandon Sheriff, Washington Redskins offensive lineman. And then Kenyon Drake was the only player for the Arizona Cardinals to get the transition tag. Now, that is significant, Paul, because of some of the transactions that have already been taking place. And, boy, this is the whopper that, uh, man, uh, I was taken by surprise, Paul, so were you, that the Cardinals and Houston Texans, this is according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Again, we're not confirming this, just reading the report from Ian Rappaport. The Cardinals have traded David Johnson to the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins. And, no, there's more to it than that. The Cardinals will receive DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth-round pick in addition to Hopkins. And then the Texans, along with David Johnson, will receive a second-round pick for this year and a fourth-round pick next year. So, I, you know, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you know, David Johnson, he makes a lot of money, Paul. He's a guy that they had basically replaced with Kenyon Drake last year mm -hmm. to basically only have to trade a second-round pick along with him to bring in a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, who you can make an argument, is the best receiver in football. He's probably a top-three receiver, right? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. That seems like a pretty good deal. And, you know, Kyler Murray must be licking his chops right now to have DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> on his roster. Look at the AFC South. They come up with two whoppers in the, in the last couple of days. Calais Campbell you know, being traded to Baltimore by Jacksonville. Uh, boy, that division right now is really moving and shaking. And not much is happening in the NFC East other than Dak Prescott getting his franchise tag in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, and, and Brandon Sheriff getting his franchise tag with the Redskins. That's true. But you're right. That, that really is it. And the Cowboys were apparently were trying to knock out. And this is, again, according to reports. And I think uh, Tom Pelissaro, I think Jane Slater had this as well. Um that they were trying to work out that contract with Amari Cooper before they got to the negotiating window um, because they had used their exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott. That, as far as I can see, I have not seen any reports indicating that deal has gotten done. So uh, right now, Amari Cooper is an unrestricted free agent. Um, another edge rusher, I'm sure you folks are thinking, wait a second, 
Schmelk didn't mention Eric Armstead. Does that mean he's unavailable in the free agent market? Nope. According to Ian Rappaport, he was signed to a five-year deal worth up to $85 million, re-signed by the San Francisco 49ers, Paul. So really, when you take a look at the, this edge market, Armstead signed, uh, Leonard Williams franchised, Ngakwe franchised, uh, Chris Jones, a defensive tackle, he got franchised, Bud Dupree, an edge rusher, Shaq Barrett, an edge rusher. Those guys all got the franchise tag along with Matthew Judon. So you're not looking... At, at a whole lot of guys now available at that edge rusher position in free agency. You know, John, I think if you look at the rest of the list, if you're a team out there looking to sign an edge rusher as a free agent, you're basically left with the likes of a Marcus Golden and Everson Griffin. Uh, I guess Jason Pierre-Paul, believe it or not, is out there. Robert Quinn. And, and, and Dante Fowler. Kyle Van Noy, another one. Okay. And those, those are the... And, and, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of those guys, but are any of those guys Batman? Not right now. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, you know, they're, they're, they may be Robin, but right now are any of those guys Batman? I don't think so. And, you know, the deal is uh, the market determines what you're going to get, and probably a bunch of these guys are going to get Batman deals because they're the best of the best, right? They are the best that's out there. That's true, and by the way, um, I was told we're allowed to read these reports, Paul. I got specifically told that, so I'm going to read this one. Paul Schwartz put on Twitter about 54 minutes ago, you want to talk about edge rushers. Again, just reading Paul Schwartz's report off of Twitter, Giants have expressed interest in offensive is outside linebacker Jordan Jenkins, who had 15 sacks the past two seasons for the Jets, former third-round pick, only 25 years old. So that would be that type of second-wave free agent that you might want to take a look at. Um. I think he's, what, uh, three years in the league? He was only and, 25, and he was okay. drafted by the Jets in the third round. I imagine he played out his rookie deal, right? So he, uh, must, he was, it must be four years in the league, I would okay. think, then, right? So, uh, yeah, as memory serves, he was uh, a coverage linebacker for them. Used was originally came into the league as like a strong side, uh, outside linebacker. I think the last two years he was more of a pass rusher for them, but I can check that. Yeah, came in as a run stopper, though, originally. That's what he was, and then they used him more as a as a uh, as a coverage guy, and then kind of transformed him more into a pass rushing guy. So he's had different roles within the course of of his time with the Jets. So if a team wants to talk to him or or is interested in bringing him in, they would have to identify which one of the roles do they want him to play. I, I honestly, I think he's one of those guys who's done multiple roles, but not necessarily been a master of any of them, if that makes any sense to you. It does. Well, I can give you exactly, Paul, what he did this past year. This according to Pro Football Focus. So um, he played on the defensive line. Let's see. This is, again, on the line of scrimmage 558 times. OK, so they basically had him as a stand. It looks like they had him as a stand up rusher, either a right outside linebacker or at that Rio position, which is kind of like the rush end position, mm -hmm. um, 450 of those 550 snaps. So he was an on-the-line-of-scrimmage type of player. Um, I can tell you, as I take a look at how many times he rushed the passer this year, um, it looks like this year he had 572 total defensive snaps. He rushed the passer on 337 of them and played coverage on only 51. So this past year he was primarily, again, this is going to pro football focus, at least this past year he was primarily a pass rusher for mm -hmm. the New York Jets. 
Well, and a guy who, uh, you know, is not one of the double-digit sack guys. I think he, he probably had a little bit more than a half a dozen, right? Uh, for pro, pro Football Focus had him for eight, but those aren't okay. the official NFL numbers. I'd have to check that. Right. So, so I mean, you know, he's not one of the ten sack guys, which, again, classifies him more as a Robin, not a Batman. So we'll see what kind of interest that he draws. He had eight sacks last year. So, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know what this new coaching staff feels about what they saw in Marcus Golden. I don't know. Well, none of us do. We haven't had a chance to, to talk, talk to those guys, John. Uh, they've been busy doing what they're doing, uh, you know, eyes bleeding, looking at their own tape. We know that Marcus Golden uh, is a very, very active player. He plays the run. He plays the pass. He's got a high motor. He gets after it. But I agree with what we were told at the Combine by several of the experts who came to talk to us at the show. He gets more of his sacks as the result of hustle and the result of of intense uh, energy and work ethic and just playing through the whistle. He's not necessarily a guy who's going to dynamically beat you one-on-one off the snap. That's not his forte. And so the Giants have to figure out what they want to do there. Uh, but I, I certainly, look, I was, I was glad to have him around last year. He was, a, he was a good locker room guy, good leader, and a guy who certainly gave the Giants production. But it remains to be seen if he's going to be back. Oh, yeah, really good dude, and I'm sure the Giants would like him back, but it's just a matter of, of price point as the Giants. Remember, folks, this is how it works, Paul. We talk about this every year, right? You have that first wave of free agency where you see all the big-time money get thrown around, and we haven't seen that wave yet. Right now it's around 157 when we're recording that. We haven't seen that first wave go yet. I feel like you know once the dam breaks, you feel like it breaks, and you know there's, there's kind of like a, a waterfall and an overflow. We haven't seen that quite yet. We got some of the moves before the league year started, right? Um, for guys that extended with their own teams, like the you know Deion, like the Kirk Cousins, Eric Armstead, we talked about. We haven't seen those big deals for guys, the McCourty brothers with with the Patriots, changing teams yet. So I don't think we've seen that stage of free agency really start yet. And I got to imagine, since everything was so compressed. With the CBA, we're not getting out that it passed until, like, what, 10, 10 o'clock Sunday morning? These teams mm-hmm. have had basically 26 hours to get all their affairs in business before this negotiating window. It was a really, really tight window for them to get that done. Yeah. Hey, John, uh, that's why I, I know a lot of folks on the uh, television networks were talking about possibly moving the schedule. And then they said, well, you know what? Apparently the Players Union and the NFL had to, in unison, decide if they were going yep. to move free agency. It was not a one-shot deal. And now, Both and now, parties yep. would have to agree. And that was reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN had that. So, remember, it's a deal where, you know, it's not necessarily large groups gathering together and things like that. So they thought it was something that could be done. And as of now, I mean, obviously the negotiating window is proceeding in full force. <laughs> and uh, the league year is scheduled to, to open up. And, again, the NFL said a statement out that's going to move forward as, as we expect on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Well, of course, we'll have Big Blue kickoff live after that 4 p.m. deadline on Wednesday, a little bit later, uh, so we can get some of those uh, final moves in when that happens. And, Paul, there were a couple other uh, notations of what the Giants did with their own players um, in terms of uh, re-signing them before this negotiating window opened, including giving Alja Grossas a second-round tender. Yeah, Rosas uh, obviously looking for a bounce-back season, and I think this shows that the Giants have a lot of faith in him. 
originally picking him up, you know, as a free agent and, you know, two years ago was a Pro Bowl kicker. And I think they really believe he can be more along the lines of that guy than the guy who had some difficulties and inconsistencies last season. And I and I get it. The operation last year, we've all discussed this. The coaching staff did as well. The operation wasn't as clean as it needed to be week in and week out. And the Giants, uh, in my mind, are indicating by this move that they are putting a lot of emphasis in that operation and think that Rosas still has the leg to do what he needs to do. Right, and then two other players on their way back, Eli Penny and David Mayo. Yeah, you know, uh, Penny, uh, the the Giants saying that he's agreed to a deal pending a physical. They're saying that Mayo has agreed to a new deal. Both were unrestricted free agents. Obviously, the Giants are thin in terms of signed linebackers. We talked about this at Indianapolis during the Combine, how, uh, you know, they just did not have a lot of bodies to even bring to camp. And so Mayo's a guy who did some good things last year. He was productive, good locker room guy, special teams guy as well, smart, heady player. Uh, there's no harm in bringing him back and, and seeing if, if he can win a job. Why not? Uh, and as far as Penny is concerned. And by the way, Paul, real quickly, Mayo is also pending a physical, just to confirm that. He is. Yes, okay, correct. so that that's, that's you know, again, uh, you, you don't want to be safe, then sorry. Make yes. sure the guy can, uh, you know, do all the medical stuff. And obviously the physical is going to be the challenge here as people aren't necessarily flying around a lot. So you got to figure out a way to get these guys their physical while keeping everybody safe in the meantime. Exactly. And Penny's an interesting case. John, how many times did we talk over the last couple of years? If you're going to have a fullback on the roster, you're going to have to use him more frequently than the Giants seem to use him. Uh, I'll be honest, right now, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what he brings to the table because he didn't get a whole lot of usage under the old regime, and I don't know what the new regime has in mind for a fullback. I think that this coach, Coach Judge, wants a fullback on his roster, but I would also suspect that there's going to be competition. I don't think Penny's just going to be given the job either. Correct, and I think that'll be interesting to watch. I think David Mayo was a real smart signing. Um, He seems like one of those guys that Joe Judge would like. He talks about Mm -hmm. guys that are tough, smart, fundamentally sound. He checks all those boxes. And look, I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that's going to, you know, trail tight ends down the seam or is going to cover an elusive running back in, 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 you know, in the flat. You know, maybe he can do that. I don't think we saw it a lot of from last year, but maybe he can do that. But he was such a good run defender last year, Paul, on first and second down, just so good and so consistent. And throw on top of that, a very, very good core special teams player, which obviously holds a very special place in the heart of Joe Judge. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. And quite honestly, John, let's just look for one second if we could defer to the Giants' current list of unrestricted free agents. And there are two guys who are from that special teams unit who we just don't know right now if they're going to be back. That's Michael Thomas and Cody Core. And could you imagine... Uh, what the Giants special teams coverage units, the kind of hit that they would take if either Thomas or Core, if both were gone. So Mayo is certainly a guy who can help try to, uh, you know, bring some production back to that unit if those two guys were to walk away. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, Cody Core is frankly one of the – you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, Paul. I've been here a long time myself. Cody Core is maybe the best gunner 
that I've seen here with the Giants since I started covering this team in earnest in 2007. I mean, just, he was down there every single time. He was just such a consistent player as a guy. Don't cheat David Tyree. You can't do that. I, you know what? I should, that, that's fair. David Tyree, <laughs> also excellent. And he, and he works down the hall. He'll come and he'll kill me. But, he absolutely yes. will. He yes. will find you. He yes. will track you down with a map, John. But I think David Tyree would appreciate the great job that Cody Cord did as a gunner this past year. No question. And going back from me, Renee Thompson, uh, the former Dolphins corner who came to the Giants and also became a Pro Bowl gunner on the coverage teams back in the Parcells era. Uh, he would be the other guy who would come to mind. But my goodness, you talk about finding a way to get downfield in a hurry and get into that ball. Cody Core to me, uh, he's a guy I'd really like to keep around if it were me. Yeah, and obviously we don't have any word on those guys or anybody else the Giants have rights to, so uh, we'll leave that as it is. As word comes out on those guys, we'll, of course, inform you of what their situation is as we move forward. And, and Paul, as you take a look at the free agent realm, now I mentioned like the dam really hasn't broken yet with some of these you know deals of guys changing teams for really big-time money. Um, I think people are probably, to a certain extent, still waiting on Tom Brady. Now, some teams, like the Titans, who signed Ryan, Ryan Tannehill to a big-time contract over the mm -hmm. weekend, they kind of moved on on their own volition. Uh, Kirk Cousins re-signed with the Vikings, but Ian Rappaport reporting today that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Chargers are the two teams that seem to be interested in Tom Brady on the free agent market. Obviously, Phillip Rivers an unrestricted free agent, leaving San Diego. And the Buccaneers have their quarterback from last season, uh, Jameis Winston, also an unrestricted free agent. You know, how great is it for the NFC East not to have to worry about any of this, John? <laughs> you know, it seems as though, you know, the Giants have their quarterback. Obviously, the Cowboys now with the franchise tag uh, given to Dak Prescott. They have their guy. Uh, the Redskins, uh, we think, we think that they're behind Dwayne Haskins, and obviously the Eagles are behind Carson Wentz. I, I, I have to tell you, I've enjoyed watching this whole quarterback thing play out because it doesn't involve the NFC East. <laughs> yeah, it really does make it easy for us. There were some moves, Paul, on uh, guys changing teams here. Um, Christian Kirksey, who was let go by the Cleveland Browns over the weekends, reports are that he signed a two-year, $16 million contract with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Bears, again, according to reports, uh, re-signed Danny Trevathan uh, to a three-year, $21 million uh, extension. You wonder if that means that their other free agent linebacker, Nick Kiatkowski, um, if they're going to decide to re-sign him as well. Yeah, I think that that's a very interesting situation right there because, you know, it, it comes into play where these teams have one, two, three guys they really want to keep. And then by the time they get done with that first guy, the second guy's already on the phone with somebody else and they're looking to run out the door. So I think you make a really good point there with the Bears, John. And Trevathan, look, I, you can't blame them for grabbing him because Trevathan, over the course of his career, has been an ultra-productive player. And I could understand why they would make him a priority. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. So, I mean, I couldn't blame them if, if, if they decided, okay, if we can only have one, we're going we're gonna to get Trevathan. I could understand that. Yeah, Kayakowski played the final eight games last year due to an injury, and he was very, very solid in, in the good. time that he played. So he's a guy that, you know, maybe becoming a free agent kind of at the right time. Now, the other movement of personnel that I think I should mention that I think yeah. Giant fans will kind of get a kick out of a little bit. Uh, we talked about it last year when the Giants played the Washington Redskins, Paul, that mm -hmm. Eric Flowers was an improved player at guard. Well, he, yes, it paid off for him this offseason. 
According to Adam Schefter, a three-year, $30 million contract with nearly $20 million, $19.95 million, fully guaranteed. That's per uh, Rosenhaus's his agent, per Adam Schefter. So Eric Flowers heading to the Miami Dolphins. Not something that uh, I would have predicted a year ago today. Well, here's the interesting part about that. You'll remember uh, Flowers played down there in college. And, uh, you know, he has at times uh, enjoyed going back home instead of being with his NFL team during the offseason. Yep. And I think that there are certainly some people over the course of his pro career who have thought that it might have been a better idea to stay away from home and to stay with their said NFL team. Well, now he gets to stay home and with the team at the same time by going to the Miami Dolphins. And we will see how that works out for them. I I would simply say that you're talking about a very inconsistent player. And when you uh, open up the checkbook for an inconsistent player, buyer beware. Well, I'm getting a notification here on my Twitter, Paul. I'm just confirming it before I give the news. Please do. Um, The guy I just mentioned, Nick. Kwiatkowski, according to Ian Rappaport, has signed the contract with the Oakland Raiders. How about that? Well, So you could cross him off the list. (laughs) uh, Yeah, indeed. Indeed. You know, uh, there are, as we tape this program, there are a number of very high-level names that have yet to to determine their futures. Amari Cooper, obviously. uh, Jadavion Clowney, another one. Uh, Byron Jones, so two Cowboys uh, amongst the top names on the list who have yet to do anything as of, as of our taping. Drew Brees, I think we all believe he's going to be with the Saints. He's pretty much said as much anyway. Corey Littleton, uh, obviously we don't even talk about Tom Brady. He's in a separate category. But for those teams looking for an offensive lineman, Jack Conklin now floating around out there, John, and I think a lot of people have been anticipating his freedom and it ought to be very, very, very curious as to see as to how many people get into a tug of war over the services for Jack Conklin. Because when you look at the offensive line crop in free agency, I guess Balaga from the, the Packers is probably the only other guy who would be considered in the upper tier of uh, fellows who are available, wouldn't you think? Yeah, because Anthony Costanza went back to the Colts, so you could cross him off the board. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else probably in that category based on their performance so far. So, I mean, that's that's going to be one certainly worth watching. It may even happen by the time we're finished taping this program. And then I think, uh, you know, when you look at the, the, the edge rushes, we've already gone through those. Uh, outside of the quarterbacks, uh, maybe the only other position that's of significant interest in free agency would be at corner where I don't think the Giants necessarily are going to be shopping for a big-ticket guy, but I think we would all agree that, that Chris Harris is the top dog uh, over there unless you consider Byron Jones you know, a true corner instead of a guy who can play multiple positions in the secondary. Yeah, speaking of Byron Jones, uh, Josina Anderson a couple hours ago, this is just her tweet, I'm told the mm-hmm. Dolphins, Jets, Raiders, Eagles are among the clubs that have discussed interest an impending free agent cornerback, Byron Jones. And, Paul, odds are, look, usually they let the top guys set the market. That's usually how this thing kind of works, right? Yeah. That hasn't been the case of cornerback, though. We've seen some lesser cornerbacks. Uh, Logan, not, uh, not Logan Ryan. Um, Bradley Roby gets signed before the free agent period started. He went back yes. to the Texans, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. So, really good slot corner. Yeah, and, and his contract was, was hefty. Um, so I think – 
we're waiting for some of these big guys at these positions to drop, and then I think we're going to see more of a more of a flow of of other cornerbacks that might go to other teams. Josina Anderson also another report she had. I'm told Cowboys, Bills, Jets, and Raiders are among the teams showing interest in free agent cornerback Chris Harris. Okay, well there you go. And I tell you, there's there's one other corner who I mean I'm intrigued by, but he's more of a boundary guy. James Bradbury. Yeah. Did not get tagged. And I, you know, I think there are probably teams that are going to look at him. Although we heard at the combine that there are so many uh, boundary corners that intrigue people in the first three rounds of the draft. Maybe some of these corners are going to find it a little bit hard to uh, command the prices that they thought they might otherwise get. No question about it. A couple of the reports coming out, and I'm just reading it. Um, Ian Rappaport, you mentioned things happening in the NFC East. Big news, Paul. The Cowboys signed Blake Jarwin to a three-year contract extension. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I, I didn't actually didn't see the contract number. Let me read this again from the top. Um, this according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. The Cowboys are signing tight end Blake Jarwin to a three-year extension worth up to $24 million, $9 million guaranteed. For Blake Jarwin? I wonder what James, uh, what uh, Jason Witten's thinking right now. I don't know. Um, also, Ian Rappaport, and Mike Garofalo is actually discussing this right now on uh, NFL Network. Again, this is taped, so not while you're actually hearing this, but while I'm watching it. I know that doesn't help you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the Colts, I'm not used to this not being live, but what can I tell you? I got the, you. The Colts have had discussions with free agent quarterback Phillip Rivers, source says, and while nothing is done, he's a clear target for Indianapolis. We shall see if they can agree on the money. That was my pick before the year. Mm. That's the way I had him going, baby. Yeah, yeah, you certainly did. Look, uh, the bottom line, uh, this is going to wind up being a very interesting NFL season, John, because so many of these names are going to be flipping and flopping all over the place. Uh, you know, I, I remember being a kid, uh, you know, getting my pack of football cards back in the 70s from the corner candy store and, you know, going through the, the, the pack. And you knew, like, every player. You could name a starting lineup on every single NFL team. And, and, and that went on for a lot of years. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> you just can't do it. One other report that we did not mention earlier, Paul, we should have. Ian Rappaport reported earlier today that the Falcons have lost tight end Austin Hooper signing a contract with the Cleveland Browns per Tom Pelissaro, Mike Silver, and Rappaport. Uh, they've agreed to terms. He's the new highest paid tight end. So another weapon, like the Browns didn't have enough of them, mm. for, for quarterback Baker Mayfield. Yeah, uh, you know, he, look, I, I don't want to I don't want to be uh, jumping on on any uh, horses that have fallen to the ground. I, the Browns have had a lot of trouble over the years getting their act together. They thought they had done it last season. It obviously did not pan out as well as they wanted it to. Uh, I'm just going to let that horse lie right there on the dirt. And I'll, I'm going to go back to something else, by the way. And again, this is not me dancing or anything. But how many calls did we get, Paul, and tweets have we gotten of fans complaining that the Giants got pennies on the dollar in the Odo Beckham Jr. trade? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think about what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, really. I think Good. the Giants got a far better deal, and it's not close, to be quite honest with you. The Giants did better than the uh, Raiders did for Cooper, too, don't you think? Oh, that, of course, yeah. Is it the, the, they just got one first-round pick. You know? I mean, I, look, Dave Gettleman's trading record with the Giants has been exemplary. You could, you could certainly question, and he himself would tell you, that some of his free agent signings did not pan out with the production that he was hoping for. John Mara has said as much. But if you look at Dave Gettleman's trading record, 
who did he trade away? What has those guys, what have those guys given those other teams compared to what he got back and what those things may actually turn into? It's pretty much one-sided, I have to say. And I'm not going out on a limb here, despite what some people might, you know, I know there are a lot of folks out there who enjoy criticizing the general manager. I'm sorry. I, I just don't see it. And by the way, we should also mention, John, that Rick Wagner agreed to terms with the Packers, according to NFL Network. That was another competent starting offensive tackle in this league who uh, was out on the street just this past week. Yeah, I missed that one as well. Um yeah, I mean, those are most of the rumors that are out there. Well, we're going to talk about a couple more things before you say goodbye. If anything else hits the wire, we'll certainly tell you about it. Uh, Paul, one of the piece of news we did not mention, the NFL announces that the draft will take place at the previous scheduled time and date. Mm-hmm. Now, it will not be what people are used to seeing with the NFL draft because obviously um, the CDC put out a recommendation just the other day that for the next eight weeks there should be no gatherings, uh, public gatherings of 50 or more people. And when the draft is a crowd, there's more than 50 people there. So the NFL is doing the right thing. They're doing the safe thing. So the NFL draft and all the events around it in Las Vegas – will be canceled, but the draft will still take place from April 23rd to April 25th. The NFL, and I'm reading this off the Giants website, this is off the press release, the NFL is exploring innovative options for how the process will be conducted and will provide that information as it becomes available. The selection process will be televised. Folks, remember, this is guys talking in a studio about who's getting picked. It's Roger Goodell walking to a microphone announcing who's getting picked. And it's a guy doing an interview with somebody after he gets picked. These are things that can all happen, thankfully, with today's modern technology, Paul, over distance. Everyone does not have to be in the same location in order to do all those things I just mentioned. So the draft will take place. No one knows how long this is going to you know, go on with the coronavirus. The NFL wants to stay on schedule as best as they can. So if they do have to make adjustments on things in the future, they at least are keeping the league year um, in as best of a uh, correct schedule as they possibly can. Yes, uh, and, and certainly, uh, you know, keep it to Giants.com to find out what the Giants will do in terms of planning. You know, we've been doing those draft shows with the MSG Networks people now for the last several years. Uh, I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I would assume that because the draft will actually happen, uh, I'd like to believe that uh, we'll do every effort uh, that we possibly can to try to give you folks a, a draft show in studio. Uh, I can feel very confident in saying that since the fan events are, are not uh, likely to happen, that that would be the extent of what we do. Uh, but, I, I, hey, I'm still looking forward to the draft, John. It's oh. a, it's still a chance to get new players. Uh, it's a very exciting time, especially with the Giants picking at number four, the opportunity to trade down if they so wish. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's probably going to be a great distraction for those of us who have been extremely concerned about what's going on in the real world. No question about it. So we'll keep an eye on all that as we move forward. I'm going to be excited for it as well. It's about adding the players. The pomp and circumstance is great, but really it's about how these NFL teams are trying to flesh out their rosters moving forward. And in terms of, um, you know, what players are going to what team. So uh, that's the other thing, too. And, you know, we have the mock draft tracker, Paul, going up on Giants.com. I can't stress enough how much 
how should I put this, how much different those mock drafts are going to be moving forward now? Because when people were making those picks previously, they were going on incomplete information. You know, they talk about team needs, but until you actually have free agency, you don't know what team needs truly are. So once we get through this free agency period over the next couple of weeks, it will give us a much better idea as to what these teams um, mm-hmm. are looking at in terms of their true needs when they get to the NFL draft, which, of course, and we talked about maybe Tom Brady going to the Chargers, that could impact what San Diego wants to do at the quarterback position in the draft this year. Oh, there's no doubt. And quite frankly, as uh, the calendar continues to move forward, I think there'll be a lot of people in Carolina interested to see how the injury uh, winds up rehabbing with uh, one quarterback down there, Mr. Superman, Cam Newton. Because uh, at this point, that seems to be like an organization that is going to go with him. But if they have any medical questions as the ensuing weeks occur, they may decide that they need to take a quarterback. And you know what? They're at number seven. They might want to stay or maybe they want to go up. Uh, that's that's another very interesting scenario that keeps hovering in the back of my head as I try to think about who might actually want to jump the Giants or deal with the Giants in in, the, in a trade. Yeah, and I know you wouldn't want to move down this far, but there's a chance the Buccaneers could be in need of a quarterback too. I know John Ledyard told us on one of our Combine shows that he does not anticipate uh, the Bucks selecting a young quarterback high in the draft. That's not what Bruce Arians is looking for. But if they have no one playing the position in terms of uh, from a contractual standpoint we got to wait and see you know i think everything's pretty much on the table right yeah i you know so much so much is still to be determined and here we are what only a little more than than two hours into the quote legalized tampering period of free agency and i promise you john in the next couple of days there will be even more questions raised than ones that we already thinking about No question about it. I'm just doing one more rip through here, Paul, on all these NFL insiders to see if any other news broke uh, while we're recording this. Uh, I don't see anything there. Anything popping up on your feeds here that we need to get to before we say goodbye or anything else you want to talk about before we say goodbye? No, actually, the only other thing that I was uh, looking for, to be honest with you, was uh, are there anything, uh, any rumors out there, any any confirmed network reports about what's happening with Marcus Golden? Uh, At this point, I I do not see anybody uh, from the networks uh, necessarily mentioning Golden as uh, having conversations. So, Maybe uh, maybe the market will be a little thinner than he thought. I don't know. But uh, when you consider 10 sacks and 72 total tackles, that's a guy that uh, would certainly raise my eyebrow. Let's just say that. Yeah, no question about it. All right, folks, thanks for being with us on this week's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. I want to remind you that please send in your questions on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat. We need them. We don't have calls. If you want us to do shows every day, we need your questions. So send them in the hashtag Giants chat. I can also pull some questions out of the Giants mailbag. Uh, you can scroll through the Giants Twitter feed in terms of how you send in those questions for the Giants mailbag. I can use some of those. Uh, I think we have a way to get some guests on in the coming days, so maybe we'll try to do that from time to time. But fear not. We will be with you on Big Blue Kickoff Live as free agency continues. We'll talk Giants football and continue to break down everything that happens in free agency. Paul, it was a pleasure. I'm happy I didn't have to look at you while we did the show, but it was fun talking to you. Ditto to you, John. Now we can go back to bothering our families. We will emerge from our corona-proof bunkers at our undisclosed locations in Jersey, 
and return to everyday life. We hope you enjoyed today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. And all folks, and you know, all jokes aside, I'm you know, I'm just trying to be keep it light a little bit. But be careful out there. Please be safe and please do the right thing. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Until then, enjoy NFL free agency.